0: may come as a surprise, but we're still doing this questions and answers series. It was in the midst of this question and answer series that we started answering questions about the church. And man, all this stuff just started to happen and God started to kind of pour himself out on us. And, and we started realizing, you know what, as a church we need to be the kind of church that God says we should be. So we started reshuffling and reprioritizing. And, and, and all the things that you guys have uh, before you now is, is kind of a result of, of, of a long process of which God has been working on us. Uh, I like the, the, the word tenderizing. He's been tenderizing our hearts and our minds. Um, You know, I know you'd hate to believe this, but but sometimes we're just like you guys and we can get a little set in our ways and we can, oh, this is how we're going to go about it. And God said, no, you've really got to be about my kingdom and you've got to do it my way. And so that means we've got to reshuffle some things. And, and and so we're in the midst of this question and answer series and, and God started doing this amazing, crazy cool stuff with the church. And so uh, this morning we're still doing that. And that's an appropriate series to be in question and answers because we're going to cover a whole lot of questions. So if you've got your bulletin, I want to encourage you to reach there and grab out your yellow sheet of paper, which is your sermon notes, you will need it this morning. I promise. I promise. So uh, we're going we're gonna to get cracking. Now, if you talk about spiritual gifts, uh, there's really one question you should start with, in my humble opinion, and that is, what are spiritual gifts, right? What, what is a spiritual gift? Now, Wayne Grudem, the great theologian that basically wrote the textbook on systematic theology, uh, that the majority of people that take the class, they, they, they use this book, uh, this is how he defines uh, a spiritual gift. He says, a spiritual gift is any ability, any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church, okay? Again, he says a a, a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry in the church. He says, that's that's what a spiritual gift is. Now, for some of you, that kind of freaks you out a little bit because you say, wait a second, hold on, didn't the Bible... Then it said there's only like 17, 18 spiritual gifts. I mean, it lines out every single spiritual gift, doesn't it? So when I say any, that freaks you out a little bit. And you say, wait, are we getting extra biblical? That's not what we're doing. We'll, We'll cover that stuff in a second. Here's the deal, though. That definition comes with three criteria. And here's the three criteria. For something to be a spiritual gift, it has to meet all three these things. Number one, it has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, alright? This isn't your vertical leap just because God gave you the ability to leap, okay? Um, it, it's got to be something empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is not something that, that you necessarily can bring to the table on your own and by yourself, okay? You can't do it. Uh, for instance, I'm an idiot, okay? I am an idiot. I can't bring you knowledge on my own and by myself. That's impossible because I myself am a moron, okay? So you see, there's got to be some spiritual giftedness going on if, if you, like me, happen to be an idiot in life, uh, which which I know none of you are. Uh, but you, you, you follow me. So, so that's kind of how that goes. And so first, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Number two, uh, it's got to be for the common good. It's got to be for the common good. A spiritual gift is always for the common good. That's the point. It's not for you. It is not for your edification. It is not to build you up. It is not to make you feel better about yourself. It's for everybody else. That's why God gave it to you. He gave it to you to bless other people. That's why He gave it to you, okay? And finally, finally, it's got to be for the building up of the church. Okay, it, it, it's got to be for the building up in the, of the church, for the building up of the kingdom of God. Now, those are the, the three big criteria, and guys, this these spiritual. This is what Jesus is talking about, right? Acts one eight. He says the Holy Spirit will will come upon you. Um, by the way, in the Greek, that word "upon" means means uh, on, upon, or in. I like the last one. The Holy Spirit will come in you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? This is what Jesus talks about in John chapter 14. Let's turn there together and look at, look at this. Jesus is preparing his, his disciples for his departure. John chapter 14. I want you to see, I want you to see what he says. It's pretty uh, amazing. John chapter 14, uh, starting in verse, if I was in John and not Acts, it would be awesome. Uh, I'm like, that is not the right verse. John chapter 14, uh, starting verse 15. Jesus says, listen, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Okay? And so when we talk about spiritual gifts, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Holy Spirit in you. And it's just that. I mean, I know that sounds simple, but it's a gift, right? A gift is not something that you earn. It's not merit-based. This is God's gracious favor unto you, and it's of the Spirit. So it, it, it's a gift that you can earn of the Spirit of God for you for the purposes of which we just discussed, okay? Which kind of leads right into our second question. Why does God give spiritual gifts, right? Well, why? And there's really two answers to that. Now, the first one you're going to know, Pastor, I already knew that. have been going to church my whole life. I knew that. But the second one's going to blow you away, okay? So here, here's the first one. First and foremost, the primary reason that we have spiritual gifts is God gives them to us to equip us for ministry in order to strengthen the church, He, gives them to us to equip us for ministry in order to strengthen the church. Now listen, those that God, God calls, God equips. Okay? You might want to write that down or go get a tattoo or something, just to remind yourself. Okay? Those that God calls, He equips. When God calls you to something, He's not gonna leave you as an orphan. Jesus just promised that, right? He says, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan, I'm gonna come to you. He says, I'm sending you the counselor, okay? And, and He's gonna be in you. By the way, Jesus goes on from there to say, as I am in the Father, okay, and the Father is in me, then I will be in you. He's talking about His, his presence in us through the Holy Spirit. That's going to happen we're not left as orphans. So it's kind of a big deal. So God gives us, He equips us to do the things He's called us to do. Alright, that's kind of a big deal. That's why God gives us spiritual gifts. Now here's the second reason, maybe you've never thought about this. This is pretty cool. God gives us spiritual gifts as a glimpse of things to come. He gives us spiritual gifts as, as a glimpse of things to come. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, uh, Paul writes, Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us and He set uh, His seal of ownership on us and He put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Okay, that, that God put His Spirit in us as a deposit. God gives us His Spirit and He does that as a deposit, as a glimpse of the things to come. That's, that's why He does that. That's pretty astounding, don't you think? The reason we have these things is to remind us of the God that is soon to come. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's turn there together. Uh, This passage is going to be helpful to you, especially with a question we're going to answer here in a second. 1 Corinthians 13. Paul's talking about the gifts and and about whether or not they cease or when they'll cease. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 8. He says, Love never fails, but where there are prophets, they will cease, and where there are tongues, they'll, they'll be stilled, and where there's knowledge... It'll pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then uh, we shall see face to face. Then we shall see face to face. The the need for these things, according to Paul, is going to cease because when Jesus returns, He is perfection. And when He comes, perfection is going to be here. And what that means on the other side of that coin is is that now the, the, the age that we're living in, that the things that we have are glimpses of perfection. The gifts of God are glimpses of perfection. They're glimpses of God's glory. They're glimpses of God's grace. They're glimpses of God's power. But hear me, all those things are coming in perfection when Jesus returns, okay? And so God gives us spiritual gifts to build up and edify His church, and He gives us spiritual gifts as a sign of what's to come. As a sign of of, of what's to come, all right? Uh, Next question. By the way, this is kind of fun. We're answering a lot of questions today. Maybe I'll leave out one about the Holy Spirit. I'll get with you later. Uh, But but that kind of 1 Corinthians 13 leads into this next question. It's a natural progression. And that question is, have some of the gifts ceased? Now, have any of the gifts ceased? And specifically, by the way, when we ask that, we're talking about the miraculous gifts that make us really uncomfortable, okay? So so listen, has healing ceased? Has speaking in tongues ceased? Has has prophecy ceased? Have have those gifts that make us a little uncomfortable, those miraculous gifts, have they ceased? And we ask that because there's a group of Christians that call themselves cessationists meaning that they believe that the miraculous gifts of God have ceased, that they have stopped. And oftentimes they use 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 12 that we just read as kind of a proof text. The problem with that is you can't proof that text uh, if you you read it in context because it clearly says in context, when Jesus returns, these things will cease, right? Now I asked you, when did Paul write this letter? Did he write it before Jesus was born? Absolutely not. He wrote it after the ascension, so Jesus has already been to Earth for the first time. That's called the first advent. Hello, we celebrate that at Christmas, and and they're looking forward to the second advent. And Paul says, when the second advent happens, you no longer need gifts for ministry. Okay, it's kind of it's kind of a big deal, and so so he explains it that way. Um, and, and so again, biblical evidence, even though many people uh, it seems to make them uncomfortable, biblical evidence would say no. No, it, it does not seem that, that these gifts uh, cease in, in any way. And so here's kind of the, the picture that the Bible paints. I want to put it together for you about the, the, the gifts of God and when they will cease. And it's basically four little things that will tie together. So we start here, okay? Well, let's start with Jesus. I always think that's a good place to start. All right? Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. John 14 and Acts 1.8. John 14, Acts 1-8. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, right? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you or comes in you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. So so Acts 1-8, John 14, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Okay, next. Next. When the Holy Spirit comes, which he does, he Acts 2 Okay, he he empowers. He comes in power because Jesus said he would come in power. Imagine that the things that Jesus said have now come true. Holy Spirit comes in power. He empowers believers with gifts to equip the church and carry out ministry. Suddenly, Peter, who's like, Lord, I love you. No, I deny you. Right? Peter, who, who now Peter is standing up in front of people that want to kill him. Now, now little girls have asked Peter, "Aren't you with that man?" And he says, "No, I am not." Right? And now there's men that want to kill him. And he's standing up in front of men that want to kill him, and he's preaching boldly, 3,000 are saved that day. Okay, do you, do you see the power that happens in Peter's life immediately when the Holy Spirit comes into his life? I mean, immediately, bam! Bam! It just, it just happens. So he empowers him, he equips him for ministry. Okay. Now, now, now so we, we've, we've got Jesus said it would come, it does come, it empowers him for ministry. Here's, here's the third one, okay? These gifts are given for this time, this time between Christ's ascension and return. Between Christ's ascension and return. Look with me at first Corinthians uh, chapter one verse seven. 1 Corinthians chapter one, verse seven. Uh, and, and this again, Paul writing, he says, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Okay, He says, Listen, every gift of God has been laid out before you as you what? As you wait for Christ to return. That's that's the point. Friends, you have to take the Bible and really twist it and really work hard to explain away a lot of pieces of Scripture if you want to say that certain gifts are dead and certain gifts are not. you really got to work extra hard at it. We're not comfortable with that. Listen, I know that some of the gifts make you uncomfortable. I get it. I think the Holy Spirit in general should make you a little uncomfortable, right? Spirit of God inside of you. Hello? you follow me? Do you remember what happened when people encountered God in the Old Testament? They fell on their faces before Him, they took off their shoes. I mean I mean, like God's a big deal. like people fall down, I'm trash, I'm unworthy. I'm, I'm dirt and worms, right? That's kind of how. And now you think of that God in you. hello, God, I'm earth and dirt and worms. okay? should make you a little uncomfortable. Here's, here's the fourth thing, okay? Walking through this process, according to 1 Corinthians 13:8 through 12. Upon Christ's return, oh, and 1 Corinthians 1, verse 7, by the way. Upon Christ's return, uh, the gifts will cease because there will cease to be a need for them any longer. When perfection returns, what what ministry do you have to do when Jesus returns, right? Are you going to have to evangelize anymore? Anybody? No? Are we going to have to do missions, right? Lottie Moon? Any Armstrong? Is that going to be necessary when Jesus comes back? Do we need to have another Bible study here? I'm not feeling great, but yeah, I mean, unless y'all are feeling the same way, right? When Jesus comes back, missions will cease. Ministry when Jesus comes back, our only ministry is going to be worshiping God. That's it. That's it. Worship of God, our Creator. That's all that's going to happen. So that's the biblical uh, uh, picture of what happens with the, uh, the the gifts. Let's move on from there. Uh, these are two of my favorites, by the way. I, I'm going to put them in tandem. I'll answer them separately, but here's kind of how they go. Uh, Pastor, how many gifts are there, and can I have all of them? Okay. How many gifts are there, and can I have all of them? And I get this in so many forms. I got this at a garage sale we had two weekends ago, okay? Not not this weekend. The weekend before, had a garage sale, and, uh, and and so this lady comes up, and what are you doing? Mission trip, yada yah. Yeah. start talking about church, and, and somehow it turns to giftedness, and, and they're Pentecostal, and she's trying to explain to her husband, who evidently is a new convert or something, that he has every spiritual gift. I was like, well, actually, you don't. She's kinda of looking at me like I'm crazy. So we had this educational talk about spiritual gifts there in the driveway as they were purchasing items for my garage sale. I felt a little bad about that, but not really. And so, so we just had a little, little little school time there and uh and so so let's let's kind of start here. Let's start with how many gifts are there? How many gifts are there? Okay? Now, even the most conservative of the... Now, listen, there are some guys that they are going to read through Scripture and they're going to pinpoint, and, they, and by the way, they have all different kinds of accounts. Some people don't include miraculous gifts. Some people don't include ministry gifts. Some people include uh, marriage or celibacy as gifts um, because they go to Ephesians 5. Okay, so, so there's all kinds of stuff. But here's what I'm going to say to you. Okay? Most conservative people, this is what I'm going to say to you. Okay? The truth is, we don't know how many gifts there are. The truth is, we don't know how many gifts there are. We don't. We don't. You say, Pastor, I do. I know there's 17. Let's talk after church. All right? Here's the deal. We don't know exactly how many gifts there are, and here's why. OK, remember, when we read the Bible, we read the Bible on purpose and we understand where it's coming from. Now, the, the, what we're reading when we read Paul's writings, we're, le- we're reading things called epistles. That means letters. OK, never at once did Paul intend, never was his purpose to give you an all encompassing list, an exhaustive list of every gift. That wasn't his purpose. Okay? If that was his purpose, he would have not spread the gifts that we do have written down. He wouldn't have put those out over, over three different chapters in a couple of different books to a couple of different churches. Are you following me? You, you, you see, actually, three different churches. Okay, so so he he would it, you wouldn't have to go to Ephesians four and First Corinthians twelve and Romans twelve, right? And then some would say Ephesians five. You wouldn't have to go to those different places to get the list. If Paul wanted to give you an all exhaustive list, and that was what God had told him to do, he would have put it all in one place and probably in alphabetical order. Okay, but this was an epistle. Paul is writing to people on purpose. Something's going on in the life in Corinth. And so he writes to the Corinthians and he says, listen, here's the deal. And by the way, here's the gifts that you need to know about to deal with this deal. And he's writing to, to the Romans. He says, listen, here's the deal. And he's writing to the Ephesians. And the church in Ephesus. And he says, here's the deal. And here's the things that you need to know about in order to this deal and for you to do ministry as God has equipped you, okay? And so I, I would say to you, and there's a great book on this kind of stuff. It's called, if you do a spiritual growth assessment and your spiritual plan happens to be pursuing scripture, there's an awesome book by Fee and Stewart called Reading the Bible for All That It's Worth. It's a great book and it talks about how to read the different types of literature, okay? And an epistle is, is written on purpose for a circumstance and for a reason. So I'm, I'm going to start here with just say, let, let's say we don't know how many gifts there are. We don't know how many gifts there are. Anybody that can tell you absolutely that they do, um, uh, we'll we'll talk about them in a little bit. Not behind their backs, I'll talk right in front of their backs. Uh, So here's the point, okay? Here's the point. Uh, God gives His church an an, an amazing variety of spiritual gifts in order to further His kingdom. That's the point, that's what you need to know. God gives, gives His church an amazing variety of spiritual gifts in order to further His kingdom. You don't believe me, we call Him Creator, right? Right? He's the Creator. I don't know about you, but when I read Genesis, God made everything that we see and everything we don't out of what? Nothing. Which means that the Creator is pretty creative, right? So so if you say there's only 17 gifts, what you're telling me is the all-powerful, all-creative God, who, who is God of everything, can only gift you 17 ways. The one that tells the oceans they can only come this far and calls out the stars by name can only give you seventeen gifts in order to serve it. We talking about the same God? Not so sure about that. Okay, so, so this is this is what it means. Our, our Creator, who is all creative, he gives his church an amazing variety of spiritual gifts in order to further his kingdom. That's a big deal. Okay, it's a big deal. Man, Finagrin is awesome. Awesome, boy! I wish I had that the first hour. Ooh. It was rough. Okay, so let's go to the second question. Second question. Can anyone have all the gifts? Now, if we understand that really we don't really know how many gifts there are, that should kind of lead to the answer here. Like, no, you cannot have all the gifts, right? I mean, that should lead in. But if that's not enough for you, I'll give you a scriptural case for it. You won't catch it in the English, but we'll read uh, through it in the Greek as well. Everybody speak Greek? All right. I don't either. Um, we're just going to talk about what it means. So here we go, up on the screen. Um, one more. No! I know that word! Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 29-31. Uh, again, Paul writing, he's writing about gifts, uh, and, and, and so here we go. He says, are, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts? Now, in English, that sounds pretty straightforward. He's just asking some questions. The problem is, in Greek, he uses a particle before every sentence. Okay? And the particle is this this little, little thing that defines the sentence, and it's meh. Okay? And that word means no. So Paul is answering the questions before he ever writes them, and it just doesn't translate into English. If we want to translate it properly, you can either put the no at the beginning of the sentence, or the no at the end of the sentence. And and, and it would be like, no, all are not apostles. No, all are not prophets. No, all are not teachers. No, all don't work miracles. No, they don't all have the gifts of healing. No, they don't all speak in tongues. No, they don't all interpret, or else you just ask the questions, right? Are they all apostles? No! Are they all prophets? No, Paul is answering the very questions that he's writing. And here's the deal. That means that no uh, no one gift do we all share. It also means that, that nobody has all the gifts. That's what those two things mean. So when you hear somebody say, you say, well, every Christian can speak in tongues. Every single one of them. They just have to be in, in connection with the Spirit. No, they can't according to Paul and God's Word. God's Word says that you not everybody is going to have the gift. It says it right there, 1 Corinthians 12, 29-31. Do you read your Bible? In love. This is the conversation you have with it. Okay? Because the Bible says, we're not all going to share the same giftedness. And it says, not everybody can have all the gifts. So the Bible says, okay, so we want to get back to the Bible, and we want to talk about those things. So, um, typically, um, let me share this with you, typically you're going to have one or two primary spiritual gifts, things that you're really, really gifted in, and, and you usually have a couple of secondary gifts, okay? Um, a, a lot of times you have one primary gift, it, it's way above everything else, but then there's a couple other things that God has gifted you in, so a primary and a, and a couple of secondaries. I know some people that, they actually have two primaries that are kind of tied, and, and they're, they're, they're both this, and then they have maybe one secondary or, or a couple of secondaries, but that's typically how that's going to work. You're not going to have all of them. And, and when people think that you do, here's the deal. They're getting confused. Uh, a spiritual gift and a general ability. In my opinion, I think they're getting confused. A spiritual gift and a general ability. And, and so I want to show this to you again, Grudem, great heady guy. You've got to read some heady guys sometimes and then you, if you're like me you have to reread them about 10 times. Um, but but here's what he says. He says listen, uh, there, there is no spiritual gift that all believers have. Yet there is some general ability that is similar to every gift that all Christians have. And this is what he means, okay, right? Not everybody has the spiritual gift of teaching. Not everybody has that, okay? Yet everybody so far has managed to teach their children to tie their shoes. You following me? Okay, little bunny rabbit in the hole and you go around and you loop through and, you know, rabbit ears and you double twist. Or, like, like, so we all have some general ability to teach, but that's not necessarily our spiritual giftedness. Okay, we've talked about discernment before. We all have the ability to make decisions and to figure out if we think that those decisions are right or wrong. But, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have the spiritual gift of discernment. Uh, spiritual gifts are when God takes natural abilities and he amplifies them supernaturally to give himself glory. Okay? And, and, and so that, that's what we're talking about. Okay. So no, let's see. We don't know how many gifts there are and no you don't have all of them. Okay. All right, let's move on. Which brings me, in, there were so many questions that we could have asked and, and answered. I've, I've just got one more I share with you. Spiritual gifts are fun time. Um, we, we're going to talk about them for a while. Uh, here we go. Um, how do I know what my spiritual gifts are? I figure you probably wanted to know that one as part of our talk this morning. It's dramatic pause doesn't play well on the audio when you listen back. Um, so how, how do I know what my spiritual gifts are? Uh, here's what Scripture would tell us, okay? Number one, you're going to know. Isn't that helpful? Like, oh, that's so helpful. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Paul uh, and Peter basically write that you're going to know. Right, he, Paul at one point says, listen, if, you, if your gift is, is prophecy, do it in accordance with your faith. If it's service, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. Now, he, he's just kind of assuming you're going to know your gift and you're going to use your gift. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 4.10. He says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, uh, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Um, and so basically, they say, you're going to know. Now, that's a problem for us. We're like, I don't know. Uh, Probably because spiritual gifts make us uncomfortable and we don't study them. Uh, So here's what we're going to do. Here's our approach. Because this is the first deal in Scripture, and it assumes that you're going to know, we're going to explain the spiritual gifts to you over the next few weeks. Isn't that a crazy idea? We're gonna walk through them, each of them. We're gonna talk about the ones that we can identify. Remember, there's a whole lot that that, that we can't necessarily identify, but the ones that we can identify, we're gonna identify, we're gonna call them out, we're gonna explain them to you, and here's our crazy whacked out belief. I honestly believe that as you hear those things spoken unto you and explained to you, that, that listen by the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to be able to say, Oh, yeah, that one's me. Oh, not, not that one. Yep, I got that one. Nope, not that one. Right? In some sense, you're going to kind of know what your gifts are. Okay? For instance, when we talk about the gift of mercy, right? Some of you automatically are going to be like, Ain't me. Don't have it. Right? It's just going to be some of you encouragement or exhortation. You're going to be like, I'm just not an encouraging person. I'm a Debbie Downer. Okay? That's who I am. So it, it, it's going to be made known to you. And so the Bible says, first and foremost, you're going to know. Now, now, secondly, if you, if, if that doesn't work or you kind of have an idea, but you're looking and you're like, Pastor, i got six gifts here. Listen, I, there, there's six gifts that are staring at me. I, I don't know which is primary and which isn't. And you know, then the second thing you can do is you can take what we call a spiritual growth inventory or assessment. Again, um, and, and basically that's just a tool to help you identify the gifts that we're going to talk about. Okay, and, and again, it's it's questions and you answer questions and you turn this thing in. Then there's a scoring system. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole point is if you can't figure out yourself, we're going to try to help you figure yourself out. Okay, that's kind of how that works. So that's phase two. Now some of you good people whom I love with all my heart. Some of you are such go-getters that you've already gone onto the grow part of the website and you've already gone past the videos and you've gone past the assessment and you're clicking on a link that says click here for your spiritual gifts inventory. And I love you, but that's not an active link for you yet. It will not be until we go through all the gifts and you have a chance to figure out which ones you have on your own first. See, because we're going to do it systematically. Because that's how we feel like it's presented in Scripture. Okay, so first... We let the Holy Spirit work in you. Okay. Second, you keep you get a handful and you're not sure what to do. Then, then we're gonna do the spiritual gift assessment uh, or, or the spiritual gift inventory. We'll do that. And here's the third way, because some of you still with that tool, you will be clueless. Ready? Here it is, part three. Do something. You do something. You know that God has gifted you in order to serve His kingdom. You know that. So you get plugged in somewhere and you start doing it. And here's the great thing about God: if you pick the wrong thing, He will let you know, right? Okay. If you feel called to teach and you start with middle school boys, and that's your first group, like it may be very evident that that is not for you. Who knows? It may be exactly for you, right? You may say, "I'm gonna, I feel called to teach. I'm gonna start with the four-year-old class because that's easy theology," and then you realize. Some of those kids are still struggling with potty training. This is not for me, right? whatever that is, God's going to make it very evident to you but but man, you can just get plugged in somewhere and you can start serving. That's how you figure out what your gifts are. okay um, Now what do you do with all that? I'll give you three things and I'll be done um, and, and so here they are. number one, um, man, you praise God, you praise God. this is this is what I wrote down this week. I 'm thinking through this message and and, and follow me here, okay we get salvation and gifts right we we get salvation and gifts like like Jesus is like I'm gonna save you I'm gonna give you eternal life but I'm still not gonna leave you as an orphan I'm gonna gift you and empower you for really cool stuff like that's crazy right that's like that's like I, I had Christmas and my birthday they were all there together right I mean that's nuts right I mean it's like it's like bacon covered with syrup or chocolate you know I mean it's it's the goodness covered don't make that face at me Angela that, doesn't chocolate flavor chocolate covered bacon that just sounds wonderful the fennigrid is really working folks because earlier you would have seen something ugly if I talked about that Uh, so so here's what I would say to you praise God, God is good that's worthy of worship the fact that God loves you so much that he saved you and he equipped you that's huge, that's huge worship God, okay number two, I want you to take on this mindset this mentality, it's kind of a big deal here's the mentality we have to adopt that we are meant to serve until we see Jesus, that's it that's it. You've been gifted for this time, right? For this time. What do you learn when you you studied the book of Ruth? For such a time as this, this is your time. From the moment that you're born to the moment that you die. From the moment. And by the way, I'm talking about born again. Okay. So, so, from the moment that you were born again to the moment that you breathe your last breath, this is your time. Or when Jesus returns, by the way, which we hope happens before we breathe our last breath. So, so it, this is the time. This is the point that God has given you giftedness for. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't sit on your blessed assurance when you could be using the gifts that God has given you to further His kingdom. It's kind of a big deal, okay? Number three, we're done. Exercise your gifts. Man, exercise your gifts. Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Don't neglect your gift, Timothy. Don't neglect. He's reminding Timothy, Timothy, remember when we prayed for you, you received a gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't neglect that. And you know that's a great truth is that we can have spiritual gifts and we can neglect them. You know what happens to a spiritual gift when you neglect it? You're not quite as gifted there anymore. You start to struggle. I know lots of people have the gift of evangelism, but they they choose to never use it and suddenly uh, an opportunity arises, and they 're really struggling to try to remember a Bible verse or, or to try well, how, what do I do here, or what should I tell them next, or you 've got to exercise those gifts that 's what we've got to do that 's what we're here to do that 's what God has called us to do okay so spiritual gifts beyond that's where we are that is where we're headed uh, next week i'll be out for spring break uh, and we will be in laredo doing mission work i'm um, jeff carter uh, chairman of our deacons will be here he's going to be talking to you about missions uh, i think you're going to hear a little bit from sarah harkin somehow some way um, we're going to have a cool uh, time for you there and when we get back we're going to start jumping into these gifts defining these gifts so that uh, we can be used by god for his glory and for his